The following program contains themes and images that may not be suitable for most audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Panda Pig Inc. Rate, review, and subscribe. Hello, it's Panda. It's Pig. We're back. Buenos noches. <laughs> Buenos dias. Yeah. <laughs> I have several apologies at the top of this episode. First apology. It's allergy season. It's it is windy allergy here. season. My nose is forever stuffed, no matter how much Claritin I take. We also have a rabbit in the other room. A rabbit in the other room. So. It's also like... 10.59 on a school night. I don't go to school. I mean a work night. <laughs> and we're also... I just got off work, too, so... um, She got off work. We're trying to keep it mentally together. We're... We give apologies, guys, if we're a little delayed on stuff. I mean, our visuals are already on the back burner at the moment. <laughs> yeah, we started off by recording a whole bunch of episodes ahead of time. Because we were so good. Yes. And then... And then life, life happened. <laughs> life happened. So, Mental health happened. So bear with us, guys. Because we're so, still trying to be consistent. And yeah. even if we don't give you guys an episode that may pertain to Bones, you will still get an episode. Because yes. we prepared. And we haven't missed a week yet. We have not. Audio-wise, we are good. Visual-wise... Uh, we suck. Yeah, the visuals Sorry, are guys. so fun, but they do take a lot of time to edit. Yes, we just don't have time for it at the moment. I, I'm going to try to catch up as much as I can. Hopefully I can get some of it out, yeah. and then eventually we should yeah. be good. But we might, we're still working out the details, but um, we do love the video versions. We so do, we they love it just, a lot, it's so, just... They're just not going to come out at the same time as the audio. So yeah. if you love the episodes and once we release a new video and you want to go back and watch it and uh, relive it, then... That'd be dope. I, I mean, that's great. our hard work will pay off. <laughs> I mean, we're still just going to do just because. But as for, you know, coming Because I love the time, videos. They're so much up. fun. It is very fun. And evading copyright is just annoying. Yeah. Especially when we work so hard, and then that's yeah. a big reason why we couldn't come out on time sometimes. Yeah, it was so, this, so is, annoying. this is episode 11, meaning that we've been doing this for 11 weeks. Are you proud of us, guys? I'm proud. We love to shout out to all the countries that have been downloading us. Different states. Dude. Y'all some of our MVPs you? out here. Dude. Like, oh my gosh. Can you think of anything that you've done consecutively for 11 weeks beyond just, like, maintaining your life? <laughs> I, I've been doing Duolingo. Oh, that's right. I'm You're almost ch- one year. Yes. Does it look Bob like off. I have, like, improved anything? Probably not, but at Come least on. I'm still doing a lesson every day. Talk to me in Korean. You want me to speak Korean to you? I do. And young Haseya. Oh, yepo. <laughs> yepo. Very nice. And my Spanish is improving. Is it really? Now, speaking it, still not confident. But I have random Spanish TikToks that show up on my For You page. 
I am enjoying. Yes. And I don't know how, but like legit, nothing's in English. It's all in Spanish. Are you understanding it? Yeah. What? And me and my sister are watching Casa de las Flores mm -hmm. and on Netflix. And it's giving me life. Are you able to like... Um I watch, like, those shows, like, without the subtitles? I watch it, so I'll watch it with Spanish subtitles first, and mm -hmm. then I'll re-watch the episode with English subtitles to see if I understood the general gist of the episode. And I probably understand a good 60 to 70% on, of what's being said. That's some commitment. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that must be what it's like to learn another language. I had no idea. Like <laughs> well, that. that's just the technique that I use. And, I feel like uh, that is a very efficient technique, though. Yeah, because when you, when you read it with English subtitles and you listen to it mm -hmm. in the desired learned language, you're focusing on the English and you're focusing on translating it in your head instead of understanding it. That makes sense. So that's why I like doing the Spanish subtitles in Spanish because my, then my brain hopefully starts to try to think in Spanish instead of trying to translate in my head. Well, I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's jump into episode 11. Yes, so this episode was uh, directed by Dwight Little and written by Noah Hawley. Alright. So, oh, I lost the You lost thing. track of where a thing was. Oh, um, you lost her spreadsheet? No, I have it. I just didn't open it. Oh my oh. gosh, the screen is so bright. But, um, so I know Noah Howley, Holly wrote the man, no. What was the name of this episode? It was like the, some... Woman? The woman in the car. That's what it was. The woman in the car. This is the one where the woman was burned. Yes. Noah Hawley wrote A Man on Death Row. Ah, uh, okay. So I could see the similar vibes. The, the, like, the episode has been moving. Like, you could see the scenes are quite moving along. And what I noticed about it, too, is that it's not... It, it has a small <laughs> focus on the personal life. Yeah. But this episode is much more focused on... The investigation. The case, what's going on. Mm -hmm. They're like, we need to get this figured out. Yes. Not as much personality. Yeah. But so, you still get those funny, giddy moments. Oh, like, yes. oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so. <laughs> Are you going to break down the summary? <laughs> so this episode Starts off with Bones is getting interviewed in her office by TV a, by a television host about her new book, and it's kind of an awkward exchange, you know, because uh, Bones is not your your typical guest on a on a talk show. Nope. You know. Nope. And so while she's kind of struggling in the interview, Booth um, comes in. He's like her cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my Ugh. gosh, this scene is so funny to me. You're not going to give him a summary of the episode? Oh, I just went straight into the freaking scene. Yes. Dude. Give him a summary. I, okay, I apologized to you guys in the beginning, remember? We we tired, yo. I we tired. We already beginning. went on a tangent in the beginning. <laughs> like, 
That's how bad it is, y'all. We don't usually go into tangents in the middle. We night. started in the beginning. It's a school night. And no, we're not in school, y'all. It's just our phrase. It's school <laughs> night. Okay, so this episode's called The Woman in the Car. Alrighty. We already told you who so, wrote it. <laughs> homeboy Carl Decker worked for this homeboy homeboy carl Carl decker Decker. worked for this government this this company that built government crap for the military like armor and shit like that and carl decker is like this genius who did algorithms designs whatever and basically, he's like, hey, your guys' stuff is defective and is going to hurt some people. And they didn't listen to him, and they sent that defective material to troops in Iraq. Dun, dun, because dun. this is the early 2000s, so U.S. We military in is wars. in the Middle East still. Mm-hmm. So... He's supposed to testify against them, and his he's in witness protection, and his wife subsequently is murdered in dun, dun, dun. a burning car, and his son is kidnapped. And so Bones and Booth have to try and solve the murder, find the son, and get this guy to testify um in the grand jury so that is the summary my friends i hope i did a good job round of applause clap and a half you go pig thank you (laughs) i really like i just want to thank my mom for always believing in me. For birthing you. For the sidewalk. How's that work i hear for the girl goes she goes oh mother Give it a birth. <laughs> Wait, what? That's what I heard. I was walking by this girl at work, and all I hear is, oh, mother, give it a birth. That's hilarious. My birth giver. Usually I'm like, madre, baja. I go, oh, ma. Oh, ma. ma. Or sometimes, sometimes I'll say my mom's formal name. That's hilarious. I'll be like, um, excuse me, miss. And she'll be like, oh, she'll listen. <laughs> so in the first of, first scene, yes, we were talking about Bones is being interviewed by TV. And it's just the cutest thing because you just see her just like, what the fuck is this lady even talking about? <laughs> like... And it's this lady's questions. It's so cliche, and I it's kind of making fun of like regular media outlets on when they interview in general. So it's kind of funny to me. And then yeah. you just have Booth basically being all of us watching, like, yeah, come on, Bones, you know, just smile, you know, like hoping the best. And then you feel that secondhand embarrassment from some of her right. responses, and then he shows you that embarrassment, oh, yeah. so you could feel that. <laughs> Bones Bones is a difficult person to interview because she's obviously, like, she has a different way of thinking than mm-hmm. the average person. Oh, for sure. But this exchange is actually really funny. TikTok says she's autistic, so we're trying <laughs> to deal with this situation. <laughs> Man. If you yeah. like that sometimes. Well, honestly, so I saw an interview with, or was it an article, 
about Hart Hansen saying that they essentially wrote uh, Bones as being on the spectrum. Yes. So it makes a lot of sense. It does. You know, for her interactions and how she thinks. You know, she just doesn't mask. You know, she just is. She, she just is. does. Mm-hmm. But when the interview asked Bones, like, how she manages her work, and she replied, I do one, and, and then, then I yeah. do the other. <laughs> Had me dying. She's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like... I think the the problem that the interview had is she didn't catch that Bones just doesn't like open-ended questions, which when you're in an interview on a talk show, it's all about open-ended questions. You know what got me, though, is when she, like, she obviously just stated what she does, what Bones does for a living, and she goes, is that enjoyable to you? And I'm like, how do you ask someone if something like that is enjoyable? Like, you just casually ask, and she goes, it's not enjoyable, it's satisfying but, but i would love enjoyable. an inter- i would love like an snl or comedy skit of that where they're like and is that enjoyable to you and i'm like so no i want to freaking pull my eyes out every day i'm depressed i hate my job <laughs> i have no way out there's no escape <laughs> that'd be so funny be true oh, but yes. booth is, booth is such a freaking joy he when comes he comes in, in. He's, he's her so hype man sweet. and he tries to encourage her he really was but he's you like, could tell <laughs> but you could tell bones was nervous like the oh, part for where sure. she's too cute when she gets flustered and the the interviewer's asking her like tips for young writers mm-hmm. and she's like well you'll first you're going to need a writing utensil. Well, of course, you already know you're going to need and a writing utensil. And then that's where you can kind of see she's nervous. Yeah, she was adorable. But then when she brought up and how she doesn't want to have kids, like, ever, it was so funny because you see, you see, like, Boot's face. Like, you shouldn't be saying that on television. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you could kind of see he's hurt. So I was like, hmm. Well, maybe that's just me reaching. But I feel like this whole episode has so... <laughs> it's just so ironic in in general. Like... Just an ironic episode. Everything anyone says, I'm like, oh, oh, you say that now. Yeah, everything's foreshadowing. <laughs> For sure. So that's how I felt in that scene. Yeah. <sighs> so, so Booth, after the interview, Booth brings Bones to a crime scene mm-hmm. where the body is burned inside a vehicle. Yeah. And Do you see the, the way the uh, skeleton was, like, arranged? I'm like, man, imagine being on that set. Dude. <laughs> setting this body up. That'd be fun. I feel like it would be, too. I would much enjoy. <laughs> um, but inside the car, the contents of, vehicle, of the vehicle kind of make them believe that there was also a kid inside the car. Yeah. But only one body is found, so they're like, okay, somebody's been abducted. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Uh, I don't really have much about that because then all of a sudden it was introduction and then we go into the lab. Into the lab. And you know, Bones and Zach are, you know, they're checking out the remains. As they do. Mm hmm. What was it? Uh, they were checking out. They realized it's a female who's given birth. Um, they found a. Uh, cartilage in her throat they realized it was like an ear 
mm-hmm. later on. I don't think they figured that out right now. They just know it was like cartilage at the moment. Yes, correct. Um, and then there was this agent named Agent from something, the State Department. Something Pickering. I don't remember the first name. Me either. But she came in with Dr. Goodman. And basically, he was explaining to them that she will be doing background check interviews with everyone at the lab. And then you have Hodgins there just being his (laughs) sassy, like, just conspiracy-ass looking self. Mm -hmm. And you just start dying because basically all his comments in that moment, you're just like, yes. Yes, Hodgins. Just yes, make her feel uncomfortable. (laughs) And then Bones ends up sending Zach away to look at the cartilage. Um, And then she meets up with Booth on her way to the office to discuss her interview that morning. Because she's like, oh, you didn't say how I did. Right. And basically, she was just not satisfied with his answers. Like, um, basically, like she could tell, he's kind of bullshitting his way to try to explain how she did. And then basically, he just said, like, you know, you shouldn't say that you don't want kids on national television. And she goes, well, I don't. Yeah, I I the culture on that has definitely changed. It's much more, not widely, but it's much more accepted now Yes, for people to say that they don't want to have children. Yes. But- I think it was... Uh, uh, Pig put this in our thing as well as... um. This was a side note that I just thought of is when... Agent Pickering comes in, and she goes to Bo, and she goes, didn't I see you on TV? Oh, yeah, because the interview yes. was, on, was on TV Wait, that Like, it day. just showed, and she's like, how could I possibly know what you watch on TV? Like, what? That was so funny. That was hilarious. Yeah, this episode um, establishes a lot of history for the characters in yes. Bones. Like, um... Uh, that's supposed to be canon, but later on conflicts and has inconsistencies, particularly about Angela's marriage yep. and whether or not she remembers she was married. Because <laughs> um, here they even talk about it took, she is married. Yeah. So. Mm. Which we'll, we'll, we'll talk about, talk when we about get there. that later. But yeah, and Agent Pickering sucks. She's irritating. She very. I dropped my sand. Girl. I'm playing with the Zen Garden guy. Zen it. <laughs> She's zenning it out. I'm zenning it out with my mini Zen Garden. <laughs> and I spilled some sand. I need a bigger Zen Garden. Yeah. Yes. This I is told just her that. Not efficient. That when she says Zen Garden, it makes me think of this website called Gaia Online. <laughs> that we used yeah. to play on when we were younger. It's like fun. an avatar based based site. And they had a a game that you would play where oh, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and one of the levels I think it was like the third or fourth level, like if you leveled up, you could go to this area called the Zen Garden mm-hmm. and it was very like Japanese aesthetic. You got like little evil geisha dolls looking things that and you then, had to kill yes it was they were trying to kill you it was a lot of fun it was incredibly fun basically signing up for the website when we were 11 saying we were 13 yes to play or 17 just because yes oh my not god not knowing <laughs> that's so oh my gosh but yeah we grew, <laughs> we grew up in such a dangerous time of the internet we really did like youtube was like it was popping <laughs> It was so much fun, but also so dangerous. Yes. 
So now so in the next scene, on. Angela reconstructs the skull on the angulator, mm-hmm. and they identify the victim as Polina Ro- Rosalina, Rosalina Cernov from Cheridan, Urals, and the Perm District. Obviously, somewhere Russia-ish mm-hmm. kind of place. And they found out she's married to, to Carl, Carl Decker. Decker. And they and have they a son. son. Da, 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 da. They Name said that he. Donovan. they predicted he's like eight years old. Yes. So, should be eight. Yes. I was like, oh, wow. In this scene, we also learned that the reason that they're getting these interviews is so that they can work on more classified cases. CCC. So C-C-C. they... So that's why Hodgins is just so paranoid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, to the max. Super paranoid. Mm-hmm. So now they go to the car. Yes. And then, so what is it? Bones and Booth on their way to Carl Decker's home. And, oh my gosh, on their way there, you just see, like, they're still talking, blah, blah, blah. They get out. And the way how Bones really shows more psychology based here like she started in out this here episode. yes in this episode incredible like she was just like oh there's no tv you know the house looks i forgot what she said it was like she said it looked a certain way like there's She's no one here a lot of inductive reasoning it's those archaeological archaeological lessons from dr Cook. <laughs> <laughs> um so then they realize like that no one's home and there's a part where I was like, hold up, because Booth Caesars, these dudes, like a guy staring at them from um, a truck across the street. And I think they're taking pictures or something. And he runs over to them and he smashes the window. And I'm like, can he do that to the truck? Like, bro. <sighs> I like, want to say no, because like I said, when in anything, when it comes to law enforcement, you mm-hmm. have to be built be able to articulate why you did what you did and justify your actions. Yeah. Whether it be reasonable suspicion or probable cause. Yeah. And I just think he'd have a hard time articulating that. Okay. A guy across the street is parked in a car and looked at me through the window and he was going to drive away. So I went and busted the windows in his car. Ugh. I feel like, um... I feel like when, that shouldn't be okay. <laughs> when it comes to uh, television and how they depict law enforcement, mm-hmm. I think they need to do a lot better job of showing better police practices. Because, you know... They make some, them look so bad. Because, like, they're above everything. And it's well, like, yeah. come on, bro. And it's like, for every good thing you see a cop do on a TV show, you see them do ten unethical actions you know for movie magic purposes yeah and it's like real life police work is can be dramatic and interesting so i just feel like they should do a little bit more research not so much fluff and for movie purposes and you can you can do fluff you can make it interesting you can even make it work for your storyline but Try to not inadvertently have the police do so many unethical behaviors. Like, I think it just, it's bad perception. And then it also kind of creates a cycle because you have a a series of young people that watch these shows 
grow up wanting to do, like, obviously somewhat understanding it's fiction, but growing up wanting to be like the characters in these shows. And then when they maybe try to become a cop or go in the FBI and they see what it's really like, like, it's not that. And maybe you got people with the wrong personalities. You know what this makes me think of? Hmm. When you watch movies or shows and people are not actually playing instruments. And Dude, I'm like, you know there are people out there who actually can play that instrument? Yeah. Like, you couldn't have used them? You but, okay, really gotta so show that bad at, bad acting to make it seem like, oh, it's that simple to sound like that. And like, no, bitch, you don't sound like that. Because they gotta pay them more and they don't want to pay out that kind of money. Y'all wild and up in here. <laughs> so that's but, what that makes me think of. Yeah. But something I forgot to mention was in the car, um, oh, Booth yeah, yeah, and yeah. Brennan kept talking about, like, um, how Bones doesn't want to have kids. And Booth is saying that she'll change her mind. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Booth, you'll be the one to actually change her mind. What, wink, wink. <laughs> what I found so funny in that scene was the part where the car seat is there. And she's like, yes. you, were you transporting a small felon? <laughs> I was like, Bones got jokes in this episode. She really do. And nobody giving her credit. <laughs> Yeah. It's also so funny. Also, like, whole pushing people to argue that one day they'll want children. Yeah. Like, it's obviously an outdated thought process. But I think if more people who knew they don't like kids or wouldn't be a good parent chose not to have kids, mm-hmm. it would be excellent. Except what I see is the responsible people who would probably make good parents, they see the issues and then choose not to have kids, while the people who are bad parents just keep on reproducing and bringing them into the world. And and then they don't know what to do with them. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so many kids out there that need to be adopted, too. Like, it's a shame. It's so sad. But, um, so essentially, um, they break the windows out that car. Yeah. And it turns out they are the U.S. Marshals. Dun, dun, and dun. Carl Decker is in witness protection, you know, because mm-hmm. he's going to testify. Yeah. And um, the boss doesn't want to tell Carl that his Carl. kid has been kidnapped. <laughs> Carl, that kills people, Carl. <laughs> Can you handle <laughs> That's Charlie, but I think Carl and Charlie at the same time. I feel you. They have those videos have the same energy. They do. But anyways, <coughs> don't die. Like we said, allergy season, guys. I'm trying. So anyways, but um, so they don't want to tell Carl that his kid has been kidnapped because they're he won't testify. Yeah, but you know he's. They don't even know where Carl is. The marshals yeah. don't either. They have so no idea. The- so they've been watching the house as well. But I feel like, yes, Carl might not want to testify if they tell him that his son is missing. Right. But it happens anyway. They just end up being more stupid because if they told him earlier on. Yeah. Like, he could have probably helped find his son That's true. They really could have. You know? And to me, it just caused more problems than yeah. not. Like, it just didn't make a lot of sense. It, it really didn't. So, it'd you be know. like that. So, then they go back into the car mm-hmm. again. Back in the car. Yes. 
and Bones and Booth discuss the case. And Booth is assuming, like, he chooses to assume that Donovan is still alive until proven otherwise. And I love the fact how Bones pretty much validates it. Like, I appreciate how she validates his logic. She's like, okay, so it hasn't happened yet, so you don't want to be disappointed. That makes sense. And yeah. I'm like, yes, thank you, Bones. She specifically says, thank you. why dread something that hasn't happened yet? And I was like, okay, do I need to do that? Did I need to be called out like that I today? feel that. It makes me think of the saying that I try to remember is like, don't worry about something too much because if it does happen, then you have to live it twice. Yes. So why live something that hasn't even happened? Yeah, because then, dude, when you told me that, words <laughs> to live by. For it real, for really real. was. I didn't know why it did, but it did. <laughs> So then they go back to the lab, and that's when Zack informs Bones that the piece of flesh is a bitten off ear. They wasn't yes. Van Gogh this person. <laughs> and Bones and Booth reviewed footage of Carl teaching Donovan how to ride a bike for insight. So that's pretty much a summary of what the lab was. Did you have any thoughts? Because um. mine was more like... For someone who hates psychology, Bones is very good about it. Because yes. that was more like towards um. Because my thoughts are more about the video. Same. So when they were watching it, I was just like, they're watching the footage, okay, of, you know, Donovan's going to learn how to ride a bike. And yes. I'm like, Bones is literally analyzing this like a psychologist. And even Booth points it out. And she just keeps saying no. And I'm like, bro, that is so psychology. Yeah, um, I just, no, to be honest, I don't know a ton about anthropology. I also think it could be anthropology, too. Like, she should know behavioral. But the way she's analyzing the tape feels much more like psychology to me. The way she's interpreting body language and the father and the son. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Represent, like, so I would say it as (laughs) representing... Riding a bike as a rite of passage definitely yes. sounds like an anthropological critique. Right. But her inferences from his body language in like the video the father seems is, more is psychology. Yes. And how the son seems more like trusting and yeah. willing. Like, like she dude. points out like, oh, look at him. His hand is on his lip. He's nervous. You can tell this and that. I'm like, no, that's not anthropology. Bones. That's psychology, baby. Yeah. Like, no. That's psychology, baby. <laughs> and um, what got me, though, in the video, because after the son's like, okay, no, I got it, dad. I got it, dad. Like he starts riding the bike and the dad's like, oh, my God, he's doing it. He's doing it. You know, they're filming. Right. And he ran the dad ran over to the camera because Paulina is uh, the one filming. He grabs the camera but doesn't point it at the son. He points it at her. And I'm like, what the hell were you in the rush for, bruh? <laughs> you weren't so that, even pointing it at her. So that they could get the cinematic moment where Moving she says, magic, bitch. how are we going to get him back, call? <laughs> Movie magic. Movie Can't magic. stand it. So from here, Booth interviews um, Polina's sister, Maria, and we learn that... Maria, Maria, (laughs) Maria, I just met a girl named Maria. (laughs) West Side Story, y'all. So yeah, he learns that Polina left Carl because she believes she was having an affair, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. They found credit card receipts for motels, and he would not tell 
her why he was meeting in hotels. Yeah. I didn't really have thoughts on that part. I was just no. like, all right, Maria wants to be uh, touching Booth's hands. I mean, same. I would. I don't blame her. <laughs> I'm with that. I had more thoughts on the next scene where it's like Angela's interview. Yes. So Zach and Bones <laughs> review are they are in the middle of reviewing different fractures that they found in Paulina's teeth, skull, and arms, while Angela is in her security review, and we learn quite a bit. She yes. traveled a lot. She even married a man in Fiji who we don't see later. And um, but she didn't think the marriage was even legal. She didn't think it even took. But I was just like, man, I love how confident she is, how much she loves, how unique her past is. And she's like, oh, it's because I'm an artist. She's such a lovely person. I love her. You know, she just lives. She, she just exists. How does she, one? How does one do that? I feel like at yeah. I just yes. <laughs> I feel like I just wish. <laughs> I just wish, yeah, this is peak Angela yes. being lovely. I feel like I had this energy and then, like, life, and I'm like, where is this energy when I need this we're, energy? We're too young to be, we're in a quarter-life crisis. Yes. What is wrong with us? We're too young for this. <laughs> we're young, but old. We young, but we feel old. We young old people. We, we old. We old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, All man. right. We're old youngins. We're yold. We're yold. We're yold. Stop. We're yold. This is why I say I'm Yoda. See, this is how we're still old because I'm making jokes that are not funny. These are <laughs> So Booth meets with KBC Systems. Oh, uh, yuck. Which is the company that Carl works for and their lawyer. And they basically say Carl's crazy and that they had nothing to do with the kidnapping. They're like, look, we didn't do it. Even the, the head honcho guy, he's like, look, I was a soldier. I would never send our troops out I there. I fought like, in NAM. I fought NAM. <laughs> You're a military guy too, Booth. You know if what I that read means. You, Booth's like, yeah, bitch. I was in the military too. But yeah. I don't trust you. None of us do. Mm -mm. We don't like them. Yeah, and that, the lawyer's haircut, oh my god. <laughs> you want to do her hair? I hate it so much. I feel I like they so could have just cut off that bit in the end and they would have been yeah, fine. But that was, that was a look, dude. I hate the fact that was a look. This is horrendous. I hate it. Early it's like the short, Joe. the short haircut mullet with... Just, just no, just stop. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. I didn't really have thoughts. I was just like, they're so annoying. Like the way they're just acting. I'm like, I get it. Y'all, y'all did your job to piss us off because you are doing just that. Yeah. <laughs> did you have any thoughts? Um, not necessarily. I feel it. All right, so we're gonna talk about the cause of death. Mm-hmm. All right, so where are we at on this thing? So Booth meets back with Bones mm -hmm. at the lab, yeah. and he's telling her about the receipts that um, Carl had from the motel and the parking lot video. Bones yeah. 
talks to Zach about how they found clotting in the body. And she determines that Polina was dead before the fire in the car. Yes. Bones determines that the cause of death was electrocution, which would account for the shattered teeth, bones, fractures, and the clotting. Mm -hmm. And that um, she would have been tortured by electrocution to cause those kind of in- those kinds of injuries um and uh they can use that to try to help find Donovan's location yeah and then while that's happening while that's happening Pickering um is refusing to interview Hodgins um, because, so funny, because dude. they don't see him as a threat because apparently he has a cousin who was just recently promoted to some high secret classified position. So they looked into Hodgins as a potential like embarrassment. Yeah. And they were like, yep, he's You're just a conspiracy nut. You're not an actual threat. <laughs> but Hodgins wanting to be dangerous is so precious. He's like I, I'm dangerous. Like, I know things. Yes. <laughs> that whole that whole little bit for him is him just being like a hissing kitten. It like is Like a kitten so that hisses cute. at you. Where he's just, he wants to look bad, but he's so adorable. When it's he's trying so to convince cute. you. He's like, I'm, no, I'm dangerous. I'm like, okay, Haji. Like, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So with that um that security footage that we talked about. Yes. Angela, Bones and Booth, they review that footage. Um and they see that Carl Decker is entering a motel room with that another man. man. Ooh. Wasn't it they first thought it was um a lover? And yeah. they were hoping it was a lover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yes. But in the next scene, um, but no, in this scene, they're talking about... Uh, yeah, they talk about the presumed lover later. Because the next scene yes. is Zach's interview. Yes. And Zach is still, he's examining <laughs> the body. But Pickering is trying to interview Zach while... So he's yes. basically multitasking. And he's like, I need your full attention. His whole energy in this scene is hilarious. Yes, like Zach is everything here. And basically, like, she just asks him all these questions, and he's like, do I seem like a threat? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, particularly the part where um, he's like, she says something, and he's like, well, I'm getting a PhD in anthropology, and I'm working on another one in engineering. What are you afraid that I'm going to build a bunch of robots to take over the world? Yeah, something like you that. You know, and she's like, do you have these kinds of thoughts often? And he's like, very often. <laughs> And like, yes, Zach, she poses yes. this scenario to him of what he would do if someone offered a truly logical argument for him to provide them with information. Yeah. And whether or not he would give that information. And um, just the way the exchange went was very. <laughs> but I feel like this scene we will definitely talk about soon because it's so foreshadowing to me. Oh, for sure. Zach character, being, his being, character in mm-hmm, general, <laughs> being talked to about a logical being um, convinced, convinced and manipulated based on pure logical quote unquote standpoints. logic. 
Yeah. And then I also love uh, his thought process on who to go to advice for. Yes. Where he's like, he initially starts with Bones, then he thinks Angela, then Booth, and Hanjins. It is the cutest thing. It's like, you tell they're they're all his whole world, basically. But I love how his first two inclinations are women. His first thought is, I'd go to Angela and Bones. Yes. He even brings up how he goes to the women first. Yeah. I thought that was really Because he funny. says, like, Hodgins is for, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. based on women, like, learning about women. Right. Right. So, I thought yeah. it was a very interesting scene, and I'll probably try to call back on it when we get to that important yes. moment later on in the series. But it's so funny, because at the end of that scene, you see Zach realizes, oh, he figured out the amps and voltage that right. we used to um, electrocute the victim. Yes. So, I'm like, see, look at that multitasking at work. Mm-hmm. Like, he's such a genius. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> and then uh, in the next scene, Bones, um, sorry, Booth meets with the man from the footage, and it turns out that he is an assistant U.S. attorney, uh, Ken Weeks, who is working on the KBC systems case. And they learn that uh, they lost Carl <laughs> in witness protection, <laughs> and uh, because he couldn't. One thing that they had to promise him is that Carl could talk to his son each day. Yeah. But obviously, since Donovan has been kidnapped, he can't. And once he realized he couldn't talk to him that day, he dipped because he figured something was wrong. I mean, I don't blame him. The fuck? Seriously. I mean, what do you expect from him? I feel like that was pretty predictable. Yeah, and I just feel like the government in this scenario was just really dumb, and it just didn't make a lot of sense. It really didn't. But movie magic. Movie magic. What can you do? (laughs) (laughs) So then you move to next scene. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't really have much thoughts on some of these scenes. It was mostly just like, oh, okay, so... Yeah, that's... It makes sense. Like, did you just Mm -hmm. keep the storyline moving? So it... For the most part, it just makes sense. It's like, okay, I get it. I see what you mean. It's reasonable. Um, It just seems like naturally what would happen. Mm -hmm, Yeah, so Boone's Booth and Zach, they discuss the electricity that would be needed to torture Polina. So Zach tells them that he figured out the amps and the voltage. And Booth asks Zach for advice on how an intelligent person would would think and... What about what Carl Decker would do next? Because he has a high IQ. Mm -hmm. And so something that I looked up was kind of the scales of of IQ. So this is the, um, I got this from Wikipedia. It's Mm -hmm. the current Weschler IQ classification system. Mm -hmm. And uh, so 69 and below is considered extremely low, like, intelligence. Yeah. Uh, 70 to 79 is borderline, 80 to 89 is low average, 90 to 109 is average, 110 to 119 is high average, uh, 120 to 129 is superior, and 130 and above is very superior. So they say that Carl Decker's IQ is supposed to be 163. So it's the in high, super superior range. But they say that in this scene, that if with 
Carl Decker's IQ, if he's supposed to be super smart, then Zach is way smarter. Yeah. So whatever Zach's IQ is, it's over 163. Like what they say, it was like if he's the stratosphere, then he's ionosphere or something. Right. Right. And so what they talked about is that IQ doesn't determine what someone will do, but how well they will do it. So they realized that they should instead be asking Booth what he would do because he's in more of a similar situation as a fellow father to Carl Decker than Zach is just because he's a smart guy. Which makes sense. Mm -hmm. So then they're like, okay, well, Booth, what would Booth do? You know? Yeah. Um. So in the car... I feel like Zach could have figured it out, too, to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't think they really needed to ask Booth as well. But I know for, in general purposes, to show, like, you know, fatherly instinct. But even later on, when they... It's more than just fatherly instincts that Booth is the right person to ask. It's because later on, he's able to use his other expertise to determine the location that they should head to to best find Donovan. Personal experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Bones and Booth are in the car, mm-hmm. and um, Booth says that if he were Carl, he would basically go to <laughs> the people who he believes are... Go to the source. Yeah, and pr- pretty much <laughs> beat the crap out of them until they tell him where his kid is and so they go to kbc I mean, can systems you mm-hmm. <laughs> um and they they find the lawyer on the ground when I'm they like, enter, yes! the, enter the building have her beat up <laughs> oh, you're so horrible that hairdo dude and you're gonna beat you wish someone to be beaten up because of their hairdo well i don't like her attitude either she deserved it she was rude yeah i feel that I feel that. People with are you rude. There. Don't they deserve to be beaten up? You're rude. <laughs> I didn't say she gets shot. <laughs> True. Just you know beat what? Her up. And they don't really show whether Same with she him. was shot. Beat him. I wish he got the guy that what was his what's his face? The head guy. I wish they beat him up. He didn't need to be held at gunpoint <laughs> to piss himself. He needed to be beat up. But they don't show whether or not the lawyer was necessarily shot. To me, she looks more like she got punched in the face. No, I'm not talking out. about her. I'm talking about the guy in the chair. Right, no, but just before we were saying on that he shot her and I said. No, I didn't I say she sure. shot her. I said, like, you know, beat her up. I didn't say he, she needed to get shot. She didn't need to. Mm. She just needs to get beat up. Same with the other guy. He needs to get beat up, too. <laughs> but no, he just gets held at gunpoint and pisses himself. I mean, you, you know. You should also beat him up. I mean, you can in your mind. <laughs> if that makes you feel better. They're not nice. They're not nice. They're they not nice. Rude. They're not good people. They're rude people. They're bad people. Yeah. And, uh, we don't really get to see the comeuppance in this episode. Like, whether anybody uh-uh. gets necessarily truly convicted or really arrested. Don't. So there's not really much closure. Yeah, there isn't. But, um, then we kind of flip-flop back to the Jeffersonian, and Agent Pickering is meeting with Dr. Goodman <laughs> about a, uh, she says a former girlfriend who seems to be, uh, an environmental extremist. And she believes that Dr. Goodman is sleeping with her, uh, Lily Marsden. But 
Dr. Goodman is like, no, I'm not sleeping with her. I just enjoy talking to her. Talking to her, conversation, because she is clearly a polarizing figure that does not share the same views as him. And Adrian Pickering is just like baffled that he would have this kind of relationship with somebody. And I'm like, this is why I love Dr. Goodman, because he's the type of person that can just have relationships with people who don't share the same views as him and enjoy those relationships. And I just feel like the world needs more of those types of people yeah. who can have those sorts of conversations. I mean, we saw already how like he reacted when um, Hodgins was giving him a hard time. Yeah. Before, in a previous episode. So we were able to see, like, you know, he can tolerate whatever behavior and he's able to get along with you. He's a very wise person. Yeah, for sure. I dig him. He could be a lion. He could have been in the Lion King if he wanted to. We, we've been talking about this, it, like, so every other episode where we say Dr. Goodman is, so like, Mufasa's good brother. like Mufasa's good brother, for sure. He's just like if there was a third brother, Mufasa, Scar, and Doctor Good, (laughs) and Doctor Goodman. He's a class act. He is. He's so good. He's so good. (laughs) So, oh my God! Don't yawn. Don't yawn. Yawn. Fight it. Yawn. Don't tell me to do it. Yawn. Okay. So, uh, Decker. Obviously, they stopped him from shooting the KBC Systems guy, Mm -hmm. and he is meeting with the FBI director, the AUSA, Booth, Bones, and uh, they're talking about whether Carl is going to testify, and Carl's like, nope, I'm not going to testify until you guys find Donovan, and Decker says that the only way he'll testify is if he sees Booth with Donovan. It's kind of funny how he's like, I want you to find my son. Right. Because he trusts him. Yeah. But we didn't really get to see that trust get built because in the scene where um, the guy is Carl. What are my words? In the scene, your words? <laughs> in the scene where Carl is prevented from beating up or shooting the what KBC are you doing systems to your stand? guy. Uh, my thing fell. Again? I put it back up. It's okay now. Okay. (laughs) Technical Um, difficulties. So the scene where Carl is prevented from shooting the KBC systems guy, it's Bones who calls him down. That's why I was confused Mm -hmm. as to why, you know, he was like, I won't testify until I see my son in your hands. And I'm like, why Booth? So you are, well, there, I'm sorry for this sound again. I just have to fix this for a moment. Yeah, give us one second, guys. Technical Technical difficulties. difficulties. Okay, I should, I should be good now. (laughs) And if not, then you are free to shoot me. Pew, 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 (laughs) pew. Okay, (laughs) so, um, but what he tells Booth is that when he... Booth asks if Carl has some sort of safe word safe word for for them and he tells them that it's paladin and the word paladin um it's it like comes, protector right it comes from like the uh 
from what Wikipedia says, it says the Paladins, or Twelve Peers, are twelve fictional knights of legend, and uh, the foremost members of Charlemagne's court in the 8th century. But in more modern times, like the 20th century, the Paladin became a type of modern fantasy trope, and it is like a character person in, like, Dungeons and Dragons. That makes sense. So... And then I like in that scene where Bones is like, you tough guys are real sentimental. <laughs> and it's like so true. It's true. It's very true. They are. Like the most tough guys, they're really, really sentimental. They're like little teddy bears. Which is funny. You know. <laughs> it's sweet. It's sweet. It's very sweet. they cute. <laughs> and what's the next scene? Um... So, <laughs> Bones and Hodgins discuss the findings of the earwax. Gross. Yeah. Um, but they find weeping lovegrass, and they're saying it's from South Africa. So, Bones tells Booth that he's looking for a one-eared South African. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she tells him over the phone. And while Booth is on the phone with Bones, he gets something in the mail while he's still at work. And basically, it's What's in the mail is Donovan's finger in a, in a box. Someone cut his finger. Very creepy. And I was like, bro. Bro. Come on bro, now. Come, come on. on, son. But my thought was more in the next scene because right. Booth came over to Bones to have her analyze the finger uh-huh. to see if, you know, if she's still if he's still alive or anything. And right. I'm like, shouldn't you ice that? <laughs> I mean, well, she's going to analyze it first. Yeah, but when are you going to ice it? How long can a finger be out that long and not be an ice? Uh, I don't know. I mean, she's not necessarily analyzing it for very long, but um, uh. they probably put it on ice after she was done. And I I would probably imagine she was looking at it for maybe five, ten minutes, and then they probably did put it in a bag of ice, hopefully. I hope so. They They never clarify whether the finger and the boy are reunited. They never do. And I'm like, man. There's a couple loose ends in this episode. I want to (laughs) know. I want to know what love is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So so once Bones analyzes the finger, the next scene is Bones and her security review with Agent Pickering. And Mm. Agent Pickering is like, okay. Oh, before (laughs) that, if you guys want to know, also, um, when Zach determines he realized the finger's cut off by a hatchet. Oh, Basically, Hodgins and Zach basically give uh, Booth all the information about what they found from the finger, you know, particles, where the environment, whatnot. And basically, you know, Booth is narrowing it down. He basically makes the joke, too, where he was calling them all geniuses and stuff because he could narrow it down. Right. And Zach was like, how would you figure out from just this? And then Booth is like, I work with the FBI, you idiots. And Zach, uh, Hodgins is like, way to go, Zach. We went from geniuses to idiots in like, what, three seconds? <laughs> I was like, yeah. That was a funny scene. It was very cute. They're, they're adorable. And totes adorbs. And I love how they always, that ev- all the... The boys seek Booth's approval. Oh, for sure. And understanding. He's the master. He's the master. 
But in the next scene, when um, Bones is in her security review, Agent Pickering is asking her about what she did in Cuba and if she met with a man named Juan Guzman. This scene <laughs> was probably the best scene in the whole in the whole episode. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? Are you going to be able to tell it? I just yawned. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, so while she's saying that, what does she say? She asks what happened in Cuba, and Bones is like, she only says if- she asked her if she knows who Juan Guzman is. No, the question first was what happened in Cuba, and she's like, only if you tell me what happened in Cuba. And she's like, okay, well, you met with a man named Juan Guzman. Who is that? And she's like. One moment, and she calls yeah. this random she number. She makes a mysterious phone call, and you know, it's like, "Hey, you told me to ever let you know if someone asked about him." And then she, she tells has, her who she is, who, she, who the who person she is, is that it's Agent Pickering. And so she hands the phone back to Pickering, and basically Pickering gets told that the entire security review is canceled, and that it's someone is going to come and destroy her notes. Yep. And it was a hoot. And I want, I wish, I prayed that an episode would be dedicated to this mysterious plot line, but alas. It never did. It never comes like, up. Like, who the hell is Juan Like, Guzman? it would have been such a fun episode, in my opinion. I think so, too. To find like, out who Juan Guzman is. That would have been nice. I think, like, maybe those treasure hunter, the treasure hunter dude, could have, you know, been a part of that. Maybe. You remember how he had his own episode, the treasure hunter guy? Because the they were going to make a spinoff? Yeah. Maybe. I feel like th- around that time, I mean, is would when have been a good time to yes. put it in because I felt like the treasure, the finder guy. I feel like it was a filler episode, obviously, to introduce their show, right? But I think that was probably a good time to put in who Juan Guzman was. Mm-hmm. Could be. That's just my opinion. Well, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your opinion. You're welcome. I appreciate it. <laughs> And then, uh, um, but you just love how Bones used uh, reverse psychology, though. Yeah, I was like, yes, use that reverse psychology, honey. You want to use psychology till the end, don't you? She did that. She did. She went there. She did go there. <laughs> so now we're gonna go to the rescue, the final scene, finale, Elfine. <laughs> hmm. So Booth grabs Bones, they go to a rural gas station, and that's when Booth talks, like, on their way there, Booth is, like, talking about how, you know, rural gas station is what he would have chosen. Right. This is where they talk about his experience, um, so how he would know. And he, they bring on a whole team, and through thermal imaging, they see three individuals in the building when they get there, Mm -hmm. and the FBI goes in you know there's some shooting pew 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 um, pew, pew and <laughs> booth sees donovan and you know donovan is like screaming he's like no get away nah, 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 nah. and you know get like away. all the bad guys are like dropping dead behind beside him <laughs> and booth is like you know don't look and he's like donovan's like no go away i don't want you blah 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 so i don't say blah 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 (laughs) so then booth goes paladin you know paladin paladin you know he says it over and over again and then the kid calms down he's able to carry him out 
Yes. You know, happy ending. You know, even you see the dad comes and, you know, they're reunited. So Carl comes back. Reunited with his son. It's Reunited wonderful. Reunited and it feels so good. <laughs> You're on a roll today with giving me references. It really, I really am. <laughs> it really is. But, um... That's pretty much it. I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw this episode for when the father and the son are reunited, I definitely teared up. (laughs) I definitely was like... Tearjerker. It was like sweet to see them come back together. Moving moment. But um, (laughs) the part that kills me is after the boy and his father reunited, Booth and Bones are kind of walking away and, um, you know... uh, Bone Booth walks up to the assistant U.S. attorney and he's like, um, I hope oh, you're yeah. good at your job because you've got nothing else going for you. <laughs> that was funny. Just was like, rips him a new one, which is hilarious. But when he's talking to him, he uh, walks away and then Bones follows behind. Yeah. And this is where kind of like obviously the second plot line of the episode is wanting kids, not wanting kids, which wasn't too strong of a theme in this episode, but they brought it back in to tie it up. Yeah. Is he was like, the AUSA is saying like he's glad that he never. Because Bones was saying the reason why Booth felt that way is because like she, he's a father as well. Right. And that's when the AUSA and- was like saying how, oh. Well, I'm glad I'm not one. Right. And you kind of close out with Bones and Booth talking and Booth reassuring that he is still glad that he has a kid and that it's worthwhile. And Bones is like, well, I'm still good with not having one. And it just kind of leaves the question open for further discussion later on in the show. Oh, for sure. You know. But um, all in all, I feel like it's a it's a solid Bones episode. It's not too too. in depth, too crazy, to the point. Very straightforward, high risk. Very yeah. You know, it's just a Bones episode. Just chilling. Good one. Not not one. It's not a memorable one to me, in my opinion. It felt like a filler episode, but that's just in my opinion. Yeah, there's a few memorable moments. You know, like. Um, in regards to the Agent Pickering interviews, but all in all, I would say, not fresh in my mind all the time. It's not like my go-to that I click on when I want to watch something, you know? (laughs) I'll I'll watch it when I'm watching everything in order, but if I want specific episodes, this isn't one of them. No, no. Well, that, that concludes our commentary section. Yeah, now let's move on to our true crime. Yes, you ma'am. got what you got for me today. All right, so I do not have a murder for us this week, but I do have a crime. Do it's I a have ca- a slideshow? You do have a slideshow. I have a slideshow. This is lit. And do not move to the next slide until I verbally provide the instruction. Hold on. I think I opened up an Excel sheet on accident. Bruh. Okay, I'll try to put a. Let's see. Let's put it in. Okay, I presenting mode. Ooh, oh, nice. I was not expecting that. Okay, hold on. I'll, put, I'll move it to this screen. <laughs> and presenting mode. Okay, so right now I'm on the front where it says the woman in the car. Perfect. Okay, so you can go to the next slide. Okay. Alrighty, so on the afternoon of September 30th, 2016. Oh, wow, 2016. Whoa, dude. <laughs> 2013. That's what I say, bro. Dude. 
bruh. Uh, 26-year-old Damien Lowe was last seen talking to two of his friends on Milverton Road, Wood End, Coventry. This is UK situation. Oh. Um, And so this UK got some crazy stuff. Yeah. So are you on the next slide? I'm on the street. Am I going to go? Yes. Yeah. So that's the street. So that's the, the, that's the road that he was walking on when he went missing. Okay. So, so do I need to move to the next one? <clears throat> not yet. Okay. I, will t- I will let you know. Okay. So he was abducted at gunpoint and Damn. bundled into a van. I'm sorry. Hold on. Are you looking at this picture? Yeah. Do you see what that shadow looks like? It looks like a person. No, it doesn't. Or a fire hydrant? That shadow? Yeah. Okay. Well, well, do you see something highly inappropriate? Of course I do. Well, I would then ask you, what are the little arms there? Well, I didn't see it because of the cardboard. I have cardboard in front of me, so I didn't see at first. And I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, okay, there's little arms now. Okay. (laughs) That would make sense because I'm like, um... I'm not picking up what you're putting down. Because all I saw, <laughs> the placement of my cardboard, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, 26-year-old walking down the <laughs> yes, street. He gets kidnapped at gunpoint and pushed into a van. A bag gets put over his head with a bunch of guys who are wearing ski masks. That sucks. Imagine being 26-year-old and then you're kidnapped. Like, bro. And he gets beaten with a metal bar. Yikes. Yeah. Bro, what did you no do? Fun. Why did you get kidnapped? So he was then driven to a lockup garage at the rear of a home of of two of the kidnappers. For the next thirty hours, he would be without food, water, toilet opportunities, um, and would be beaten. Yikes! So um, he was beaten with a metal uh, a metal iron. Well, wow, an iron metal rod and kept bound and gagged inside the van so inside the van inside of a a garage is where he's being kept okay um so in a van inside of a garage correct okay so within a couple of hours of his kidnapping they forced him to hand over his phone so damien thought he was gonna like die right then and there but instead they use it to call his brother and demand six um sixty thousand pounds in ransom money and drugs um how much is that in american oh i don't know i i know the it's just a lot (laughs) european money is worth more than american money so i would imagine it's a lot more. A lot more in U.S. dollars. Okay. I don't have my phone with me to check, but um, it's a lot of money. All right. <laughs> so uh, Damien was scared because he knew there was no way his family was going to be able to pay that kind of money. Um, and he thought he would never see them again. Mm-hmm. So the kidnappers would come in and out of the room to beat Damien. But they would come to, they would um, come in, they came in one time, they covered his face. Um, They held him down and then cut off his pinky finger. Ow. The finger didn't cut off cleanly. 
so it was just kind of left flopping there. Ew. And then they had to pull it off. Ew. So. Yikes. There was a lot of blood. It was bad. It was bad. They weren't professionals. Yeah. The end of his finger was um, cauterized by burning it with a lighter. Oh, So man. he wouldn't bleed out, you know? Yeah. Um, and then he was left in the van until the next morning after they cut off his finger. They just left him in there. They were like, bye. Got your yeah. finger. So apparently the kidnappers and um, Damien's family had failed to reach an agreement on the um, ransom money. And so the kidnappers decided to cut off Damien's finger and leave it at the crime, at the kidnap scene in a plastic bag. What the heck? And they warned the family that Damien would lose another finger if the ransom money wasn't paid. What the heck? Yeah. Is he a rich family? Um, Is he from a rich family? No. What the fuck? Not necessarily. Okay. So the family didn't call the police because the kidnapper said not to involve the police, but a member of the public called the cops. So I'm assuming this was maybe a witness, but I don't have any much evidence beyond that. Okay. About who called the cops, but it wasn't the family. So the police traced- Do I stay on this first uh, slide still? Oh, sorry, dude. The next slide you can go to is the van that he was kept in. Ew. Yeah. Gross. Yikes. For 30 hours, dude. 30 hours. And the next picture is Damien Lowe, and you can see his missing finger because it has never returned to him. Oh, so he's alive. Yes. That's what. So, yes, this is not a murder. Okay, that's good. (laughs) So, um... Do so I the stay police, on this page? Yeah, you can stay on this page. Okay. So the police traced the kidnappers through the ransom calls, mm-hmm. and they were able to follow the owner of the number and followed him to the house in Coventry where Damien was being held. And they monitored the home, did some surveillance, but they had no way of knowing that Damien was there. Yeah, because he was in a van, in a garage. (laughs) Yeah, so the police are there watching the place, and Damien's there the whole time, but they don't know, and they can't investigate to find out yet. And they can't hear him? No, because he's in a van locked in a garage, and he's probably so exhausted at this point to even think that screaming would do anything. anything. Because at that point, you're already there for how many days? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, 30 hours is a day and some change, so. Yeah, but it's not like you're going to be screaming all day. Right. Especially if you're exhausted from having your pinky cut off. Yeah. Yeah. So the family drops off almost 20,000 pounds at the home of another kidnapper in Birmingham um, without notifying the police. So half of the uh, of the kidnappers' money. people... No, half of the kidnappers are uh, staying at the house where Damien is, and the other half of the kidnappers go to make sure the drop, the drop-off of the money goes smoothly. Mm-hmm. So after picking up the money, the kidnappers return to where Damien is being held. Three cars then left the property, and one of them had Damien in the trunk. So... Um, they drive a few miles away and then they dump Damien down a secluded roadside grass bank. What the fuck? (laughs) So they got the money and they're like, okay, well, 
now we dump him. They're like, bye. <laughs> Basically. So they dump him. And um, the police, because they're already on surveillance, they get there momentarily and rush Damien to the hospital. So doctors tell him that he probably would have not survived if he had gotten to the hospital just even an hour later. Wow. Because of how much blood he lost and, and how dehydrated. his situation already. Yeah, and how dehydrated he was. Yeah. Yeah, so Damien said that it was like being in a violent film. I'm still scared to go out by myself. You wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. That's insane. Crazy. So the police swoop in and they arrest the kidnappers. So um, ten people were accused and they were all friends or related to each other and there seems to be some gang association though i can't necessarily find the name of whatever gang they're supposed to be associated with um but apparently there's a history of animosity between the kidnappers and damien's family um it seems to be related to drugs but i couldn't find anything specific on the history there but that's like what the connection is yeah so even low like uh damien even recognized the voice of one of the men so So he was like bro why right damn that sucks mm -hmm. so um the kidnappers there were 10 of them so it's Ishmael Akbar, Yusuf Akbar, Ralph McLeod, Anthony McLeod, Louis Poiser, Kofi Poiser, Kadim Poiser, Jermaine Campbell, Lamar Grant, and Richard Grant. And they all are pretty much in a range from 24 to like 33. Um, and they all get convicted um, for you know, false imprisonment, blackmail, grievous bodily harm, um, for a number of years. I think the shortest sentence was, um, 11 years, 12 years. So everybody, everybody gets convicted. (laughs) You know, you get a conviction, you get a conviction. So they're all still in jail technically. Yeah, because this was 2013 that's crazy, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the detective chief inspector, Simon Wallace, from West Midlands Police said that at one point, over a hundred officers had been working to find uh, Damien. And uh, he had also said that there was the um, organized crime unit that assisted them in figuring out what happened. So Detective Wallace said, whilst we still seek, this was um before they were caught, he said, while we still seek to catch the perpetrators, the absolute priority is to save a life. Kidnap cases and ones as horrific as this are mercifully, mercifully rare nationally, let alone in the Midlands. It involved a unique policing response of many, many specialist teams, We took the matter very seriously from the moment we got the first call. So it was kind of, to them, it sounded not very common to something they would deal with. But um, ultimately, they caught the bad guys pretty quickly and um, got down into safety. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. 
But Damien never got his pinky back on. That sucks. Which but totally sucks. How's he doing now? It's He seems to be doing well, so that's like a recent um, picture of him. Oh, okay. But um, because this was, you know, a kidnapping and not a murder, it's still tough to find some various information on everybody. Okay. But it seems as though he is doing much better now that he is not kidnapped and falsely imprisoned. Did you have any more uh, sides? After his face? Yeah. So the next two slides are just the um, the gang members, if you wanted to oh, wow. take a peek at who they are. And I think it has their ages next to it as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, 34, sentenced to 15 years. 37, sentenced to 18. I wonder what... Um, sentenced to 16, sentenced to 13. I wonder, like, what was the determination to their sentencing? Um, each, the different parts that they played in Uh, the kidnapping. So I think one of the guys, they found his fingerprint, you know, inside the bag with the finger, you know, and, uh, one of my sources was, uh, it looked like an appeals document from the court Mm -hmm. and it included that some of them were being duly charged at the same time for a different crime of assaulting a guy um, in a nightclub. So some of them got a little bit of a higher sentence to run concurrently with their sentence on this case. And just some of them had a greater role to play in the kidnapping than others. That's crazy, dude. Yeah. So, so they're all going to be in prison at least for the next decade or more. Dang. That sucks. Right? Well, (laughs) it sucks because it's like they all knew each other, but at least it's like, you know, they got justice. and Well, he got justice, and then Mm -hmm. he's still alive. Yeah, and he only lost a finger. So obviously the connection to the Bones episode is someone being kidnapped and losing a finger. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it'd be like I was afraid, like, you know, they would have never found the kidnappers, and they never knew who it was. Right. And I think that hurts more knowing that he knew who at least, like, who some of them were. Yeah. It doesn't sound like they were friends or anything. Yeah. He just knew who they were. And he's just like, oh, damn it, you know. Right. Well, also, like, imagine the horror. So you're walking down the street. So traumatizing. Oh, my God. I just had the theme song of Arthur stuck in my head. Stop. (laughs) But it was, like, the theme song of Arthur combined with... Something. Um... What? thousand miles what the hell so uh, it's like making my way downtown but then also the, the, with the people that you meet <laughs> so it was kind of funny my head did a mashup oh no but um just imagine you know you're walking down the street and then all of a sudden you're a bag is put over your head and you're shoved into a van and then a few hours later they call your family for ransom and then they cut off your finger but then they don't even do that properly and they have to pull and yank it off of you and then take a lighter to your little finger nub like dude and then they leave you what gets me is like you're 26 and you get kidnapped like that's, like, it sucks when it's, like, you're, usually where everyone's, like, worried about, like, children getting kidnapped. It's just so crazy when you're, like, already an adult and you get kidnapped. So like, he was, that's terrifying. So he was adult-napped? Yes. Adult-napped. He was adult-napped. 
Yes. Yeah, that's rough. He got napped. Kid got napped. <laughs> that sucks, dude. Yeah. Damn. But well, he's okay now, and they're all in prison. I and mean, as he's long got as he's doing all right, you know. He's got three fingers and a thumb on one hand. Well, at least he's alive. You know, that's what matters. He's killing it. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah. So not not uh, too crazy. Not too bad. Short and simple. There you go. Yeah. A while. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Mm-hmm. This was on the shorter end, but you forgive know, us. Forgive us. Forgive us for everything in this episode. Honestly, <laughs> we're just a hot mess, y'all. We are, and we know what. It's okay. We don't. We don't apologize, but we're gonna try and do better. We apologize anyway. <laughs> don't apologize. Don't apologize. <laughs> All right, guys. Okay. We'll catch you guys next week. (sighs) Have a a wonderful day. Have a wonderful night. I wish you you the best. Have a wonderful morning. I wish you zero traffic on the freeways. (laughs) Okay. I miss you filling up a cup with water all the way to the top and then carrying it to your bedside without spilling a drop. What? I wish that for you. What are you saying? I'm putting good things out in the universe. Okay. You're right? so nice. You're I so know. nice. You're so good. I'm trying. <laughs> I hope that when you open up a bag of gummy bears, that it's an even number. What? <laughs> Just stop. <laughs> Did you have any more? Um, I hope that when you tie your shoelaces, that the strings at the end are the exact same length. Do people really even tie their shoes anymore? I hope that you don't have to tie your shoes when you put them on and that they just perfectly slip on. And you know, like when you try to slip on your shoes and you like, you stick your finger at your heel to try to assist it. And then sometimes you get a little bit of a rug burn on your finger from your sock. I hope that doesn't happen to you. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, have a wonderful one, guys. Take care. We'll catch y'all next week. Adios. Later. I love you. (laughs) It's a school night. It's a school night. Go to school. Staying school. Kids. Good night. Bye. Bye. Next week on The Heart and the Bones. You're telling me that I have to choose, that I have to choose between having autonomy, paying bills, (laughs) and cleaning. And making decisions, or I could live in a curated universe where basically I'm a sim. 